Welcome to the Your Next Best Step podcast, where it's all about real experiences, real lessons, real hurdles, and everything in between. I'm Teresa Cantley, and I'm bringing you over 20 years experience in business, leadership, and marketing to help you shift out of your corporate thinking and into being an entrepreneur so you can maximize your results, build and empower your team, and make a bigger impact. It's time to turn your ideas into innovation, and that's only the beginning. So let's get started. Okay, welcome to another episode of Your Next Best Step with me, Teresa Cantley. I am super excited um, for my guest today. I am super excited to be interviewing Paul Davis. Welcome, Paul, and uh, have him on the show today. So this is going to be a very interesting conversation. Paul is over in Ireland, in Dublin. So it'll be interesting to hear how things are in Dublin versus here um, in the United States and all of the above. So this is going to be a super, super exciting show. Um, we do have some uh, something in common. We both have rescue dogs. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very yeah. good. I didn't, I didn't mean, I didn't know that I have to say, yeah. Yeah, so I have, um, I actually have two. We rescued them last year during the pandemic. So yeah, so we'll chat about that. So, um, so welcome. I'm excited to have you. It's absolutely great to be here. I'm delighted to be here, Teresa. Thank wonderful. you so much. Wonderful. Um, you've got so many interesting things and I can, your bio and your story, and I can see you have um, planes in the back. So we're going <laughs> to chat about that because that's a huge part of, of uh, what you do, who you are and part of your story. So so before we get started, um, I'm just going to read um, your bio so everybody knows who you are. Paul Davis is an intuitive advisor that specializes in guiding you to your life's purpose and supporting people to build a business around their purpose so they can reach their full potential. So let's get started. So let's talk about the planes. <laughs> okay, planes have featured in trip all my life in fact and so when I was a kid growing up what I wanted to do as a career was I wanted to be a pilot um, but back then because I'm, I'm quite old now at this age so back then no <laughs> <laughs> you weren't allowed to wear glasses as in corrective lenses in in order to be a commercial pilot so when I got my first pair of lenses at the age of somewhere between the age of 10 and 12 and um, that was that dream completely dashed from from my perspective um, but it has still featured throughout all my life so one of the one of my it was my first career but one of the one of the careers that I went into was involved in uh, refurbishing um, aircraft engines mm. so if you take the aircraft engine that you normally see on a 747 or a 737 so prepping with the engines and CFM engines and so on um the plant was responsible for refurbishing those engines so we'd wow. take them in and we'd refurbish them and send them back out onto the aircraft and um, so that was my first I suppose exposure to, to aircraft wow but I always had a desire to try different experiences from a, a flight perspective so I I've, I've learned how to fly I've flown in a helicopter small aircraft I've done a glider I've jumped out of an airplane twice and um, have to say with a parachute I have to say <laughs> <laughs> I've done hot air balloon. I've done loads of different, as I would say, I've probably done every um, flying experience 
and I'm at the moment pre-COVID, I was trying to plan for my 20th anniversary in my own business to do a wing walk. A so, wing walk? What's a oh a wing walk where you're walking on the wing of a plane? In effect, well, yeah, in effect, but you're you're strapped in. So if you can imagine a biplane, uh, so a biplane where you got the two wings and one on top of each other, and you're strapped in into a harness at the on the top side of the wing. Um, and then the pilot does um, aerobatics while you're in the air. <laughs> so, oh my God. <laughs> so I, I do a few little mad things like that, but even from a, a client perspective, and I still have, um, so even in my community, I have a pilot, in clients of pilots are attached to the aviation industry. Um, mm -hmm. So it's featured pretty much right throughout my whole life. It, it, it's, it's one of my passions, and I do make the distinction between you know, when people talk about purpose, they say, you know, follow your purpose or, or find your find your passion, then you find your purpose. But it's actually incorrect. So um, but it is one of my passions. Yeah. Mm. So let's talk about because you just you just brought it up. Um, let's talk about when people want to, because I know I know that, you know, I struggled with this when I first started my business and I have this like massive light coming in all of a sudden. <laughs> I think it's my best friend who just passed away. <laughs> um, but uh, so I know this was something that I struggled with is, you know, when I first started my business and even before, because my first business was a brick and mortar store, is that idea of finding your purpose. Because mm -hmm. as entrepreneurs, you know, that is something where it's like, you know, you're dealing with so many hurdles and so many ups and downs. And, you know, sometimes you're questioning, like, is this really my purpose? So yeah. how do you talk to people about, because that's a big thing that you do is, you know, where, where do you start to find your purpose and how do you do it? Okay, cool. Well, you don't do what everybody else tells you to do. That's one thing. <laughs> so let, let me explain that. Um, so so I, I originally started off as an accountant. That's what I qualified as. Okay. And a lot of my career and my business would have been helping to grow and scale businesses. Um, so I've been in all different industry sectors. So manufacturing, construction, retail, um, professional services, right, right across the board. But part of the work that I used to do with clients, and uh, you know, so part of this gr growing up as a kid was that I just thought everybody else could do what I did, um, being an intuitive. So when I came into my career and came into my businesses that I was running, I was guiding my clients and giving them the right path that they should go on and that would result in massive, massive success for them and give them huge fulfillment in what it is that they were to do. And part of it, again, was, was me from a perspective of because nobody ever really told me. I just understood, well, everybody else can do this. And one of my own inner desires was for that sense of purpose for myself from the perspective of I was trying to find my purpose. And it wasn't until I had literally a, a huge epiphany from the perspective of Paul, well, my purpose is actually putting other people on their purpose. So since then, in that epiphany, I've literally turned everything around from the perspective of, I used to go out to the world and marketing side of things of, I'd help you get more clients. I'd help you to increase your fees. I'd help you to manage your time more effectively. I'd help you to grow your business in effect. But now it's the other way around. So I look at, no, I, I help you find your purpose. And then I structure the business around that. Now, what a lot of people talk about when they come, when they come to talk about purpose is they talk about, okay, you, you've got to find meaning in your life. 
And if you, most people that are, that are in the search for purpose, they refer to Viktor Frankl. Now, Viktor Frankl is the person mm. that survived concentration camp. And one of the most famous books was Man's Search for Meaning. Wonderful book. It absolutely is. But when it comes to finding your own personal purpose, what ultimately people are trying to find out is what are they to do? And if you read the book, it will guide you along the lines of, well, the, the, the purpose of life or the purpose of anything is you give it meaning. So therefore, in effect, you could look at it from the perspective, but if I give sufficient meaning to something, well, then now I have personal meaning. And it's true to a sense, but it still doesn't answer the question for a lot of people in terms of what's my purpose? What am I to do? And people also refer, and this, again, so it's in books, it's online and so on. And they say, well, you've got to find your passion. If you find your passion, well, then turn your passion into your business. And now you've, you, you've, you've found your purpose. But it's actually wrong. It's, it, it's completely incorrect. Mm. Passion follows purpose. So the more you're actually on your purpose, the more your passion increases. So I'm passionate about an awful lot of things. So if it, yeah. as you said, Teresa, in terms of I love trying every single di different type of flight experiences. And um, that's something I'm passionate about. It's trans transitional. It's not nothing whatsoever got to do with my purpose. Absolutely nowhere near what my purpose is. And that's what I've seen in all the clients I've worked with. And again, other people come back to say, well, you, you've got to find your why. And if you, if you find your why, well, then now you've found your purpose. But here's the thing. If you find your why, you're consciously trying to work it out, meaning you're using your conscious mind to try and work mm -hmm. out what your purpose is. You'll never, ever, ever get your true purpose by working it out consciously. Hence the mm -hmm. reason why I work intuitively. So when, and then on top of that, people are trying to apply a why to what they're doing based on what they're currently doing right now at the moment. So whether it's a business or whether it's a career or whatever they're doing, they're trying to find, well, what, why do I do what I'm doing? But actually what they're doing right now at the moment may not actually be their purpose. So therefore they'll never get the right why for them. Everything works on an unconscious level. So when you're able to tap into for one, one in one respect, when you're able to tap into your unconscious side of things, now you can try and find your, now you not try, you can actually find your, your, your true purpose. So when I'm working with clients, I'm, I'm working on, there, there's, there's four elements that I find for my clients, which is what are they to do? Why are they to do it? How are they to do it? And what's going to give them the joy, passion and fulfillment? So that, that, that's the four elements. And I call it the genius you. That, that, that's in effect what makes up the genius you. So what people, unfortunately, they're like what you, you referred to, Teresa, where you're searching online, you're reading loads of books, and you're trying to find what that purpose is. Mm -hmm. Because of the information that's out there, it's actually incorrect. And it's, it's misleading. It's not completely incorrect, but it's just very, very misleading. So the knowings that I used to get as a kid and through my whole life for, for people, as I was engaging with them and working with them, I'd get images, I'd get knowings, I'd get insights, I'd get, you know, what impacted or to make it and so on. And um, what I had to do over the years was to develop, and this is the accountant in me, is I had to develop <laughs> a methodology in order to work out, well, okay, how can I guide my clients in order to find that unconscious information that shows up in their life, that shows them and then gives them the evidence that matches the images and the knowings and the insights that I get from my clients. So now I work on both levels, if that makes sense. So I bring them through methodology. So now, because one of the things I used to get, and again, 
many accountants or I don't think, I don't think, I've actually never come across any other accountant that would express themselves as being intuitive. No, so, I don't think I've ever either. <laughs> so, and people's view of an intuition or, or being an intuitive is, oh, it's a bit woo-woo or it's a bit out there. Or, you know, one, one thing that I regularly get back from, from people was, oh, you're just making this up. Um, so I took all of that on board and I said, okay, look, I've got to find a system, a process, a, a methodology in order to actually substantiate what it is that I'm seeing or picking up our knowings for, for my clients. And therefore, if my clients can see the evidence in their life and I can, I can show it to them, now it's them accepting. It's, it, now they, 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 they have so much evidence in their life to say, actually, no, I, I, I'm not making it up. And it makes complete, perfect sense to them. And then immediately, I, I'm not joking, immediately as soon as I give somebody and, and the, we, we discover what their purpose is, immediately what shows up is, how on earth am I to do that? They get overwhelmed. And they say, well, who am I to do that? Where, where do I even start? So it's funny how the brain operates because they, they've spent years searching for the life purpose. And then as soon as they get it, within literally, I'm not joking, within five minutes, they're into, okay, how can we make that happen? And then that's all the fear starts to. to come up. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 So that's, that's literally the process of... of, of what I bring my clients through. So, so you, so you, you said something interesting. So, and I, I know this to be true um, for, for myself is that, and you're, you're an NLP practitioner, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I know that we said a couple of things. So first of all, um, if we can go back for a minute to the Victor sure. Frankl. Um, yeah. I mean, and like I said, it's a great book. I've read it several times, yeah. um, but you know, Things only have meaning when we attach meaning to it. They really don't have meaning, right? Yeah, exactly. And the only meaning that it has is the meaning that we give it. So, and he talks a lot about that with how he got through his circumstances because he used his mind to say, okay, this is, this is what I'm, you know, how I'm going to do this, or this is what I'm going to think about um, and was really able to, to use that to survive pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I know one time my mentor said that should be a book that every entrepreneur reads, <laughs> you know, because it really like, you know, it's just so powerful to say, like, I'm not going to look at my circumstance and put meaning on it that, you know, this is never going to happen. This is negative. This is, you know, whatever. I'm going to look at what's happening and say, okay, like I'm going to attach a different meaning to it so I can get a different outcome. Yeah. Um, so along with that, as you said, because I know many, many people have said to me, like when I've struggled in my business, just go back to your why. And you're like, oh my God. <laughs> Seriously, do I have to? <laughs> yeah, 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 you're like, oh my Lord, be quiet. Like what, <laughs> you know, because, yeah. okay, go back to your why. Then what do you do? But um, the, you said something very interesting that goes along with that meaning is so many of us are using our conscious mind. Yeah. to find, to find, to find their why, to find their purpose. But when you use, you have to use that unconscious mind, mm -hmm. that part of our brain, because I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the conscious mind is like that reptilian part of your brain, that, that the old part. Yeah. And then the, the unconscious 
mind is that part that we very rarely tap into. So how can people, when, when you're walking through um, finding your purpose with one of your clients, how do you do that tapping into your unconscious mind to really uncover what their purpose is? Brilliant. So what I do is I go through a series of questions mm. and I keep drilling down all of those questions. And when they, so when I'm going through the questions, they're now able to see the evidence in their life. And it's that evidence that is the evidence from their unconscious. Wow. So when you go through and you ask very, very specific questions, and then because I'm working on an intuitive level, I'm guiding to make sure that the answers that they get to the questions, so that this is where I sometimes I need to drill down a little bit further with them to make sure that they really, really get the information. So when you ask, let me just wait, you know, there's a phrase that I came across many years ago, and that was along the lines of, you know, the, the, the quality of your life is the quality of the questions you ask. is along those lines. So if you ask really, really powerful questions, well, then there's so much that you can get from the answers. Mm. So what I do is literally bringing my clients through those questions. And then from those questions, they actually, it's them coming up with the answers, but they're seeing the evidence in their life in order to give them the answers. Wow. And it bring the, all of that together now to say, well, okay, now that makes, it's like, it's like putting all the, the pieces of a jigsaw together. It now all makes sense. Whereas before, so if, if you, and again, I refer to it as breadcrumbs. So if, if, do you remember the, the, um, the fairy tale Hansel and Gretel? Mm-hmm. And what the little kids did in order to find a way back home was they went into the forest, but they brought breadcrumbs with them and they would drop the breadcrumbs and the whole purpose of the breadcrumbs to leave a trail was to find a way back home. Our unconscious leaves breadcrumbs throughout our whole life. And the whole purpose is for us to find our way back home. Oh, wow. So when you find your way back home, which is your true purpose, the true you, the you that you are to become, the you that you're to be, that's, that's home. And I want to make just a slight distinction of what you said earlier on in the sense of when you truly know who you are, and because it was, you're, you're talking there in relation to businesses and when fear comes up and so on, when you get to absolutely know who you truly are, now you can detach yourself from what you're experiencing. Because mm. that's the unconscious part of you. And when you can detach yourself from what you're experiencing, but you don't want to remove the fear and the evidence that shows up in your life. So if, if you've got a clients that, that are going through difficulty, especially over the last couple of years through the pandemic, yeah. when they've gone through difficulty and they're trying to solve their problems, they're trying to solve it from their conscious perspective. Mm-hmm. Fear shows up. But fear is there as a signpost to say that you're attached to something. It is, fear is feedback. And I know the acronym is out there for many, many years saying, you know, it's what false evidence appearing real. real I, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I, I hate that saying. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of things I debunk, I, you know, smart goals I debunk, I, you know, why, find your why I, I debunk. And the reason, <laughs> when you really, really look at it, and understand it and, and come from a different angle. And what I mean by come from a different angle is don't just take on whatever somebody else says. So even listeners or even yourself, Teresa, or, or anybody listening to this podcast, 
don't even believe what anything I'm saying. Don't. It's my view based on my experiences and what I brought my clients through. And the difference, phenomenal difference is made for them. But it's only by asking questions and not taking what somebody else says in terms of what people say to find your, your, your purpose. So I've been on kind of like, how would you say, that trail to find my own purpose. But it wasn't until I actually stood back and said, actually, you know what, I'm going to find this for myself and forget about all the other stuff that's out there. And it wasn't until I took that point and said, that's when I said, actually, you know, a lot of stuff that I was coming across was incorrect or was misleading. It was bringing me down rabbit holes that I didn't need to go down. And unfortunately for an awful lot of people, that's what they end up doing. They end up going down rabbit holes. Totally, totally. Because, I mean, you're right. I mean, there's so much stuff out there. And I know I was one of those people when I when I was still in corporate and I was trying to get my first business going, I read everything and I tried to do everything that everybody was telling me. And I was like, why isn't this working? Yeah. Yeah. But, but you're right. You're right. I mean, you have to, um, and one of my mentor now has always said to me, read things, listen to things, learn from things. And he actually has me keep a notebook next to, you know, whatever I'm doing or take it with me. And he said, write down, I agree with this point. Yeah. And here's why, or I don't agree with this point, And here's what I think differently. So that it's going along with what you're saying. Like, I'm not just like following exactly what someone's saying, but listening to it and saying, oh, you know, yes, I agree. And I'm going to do this or no, I don't. And I think this way is better. So um, that's fascinating. So I have a question for you. So what could people, like, what are some questions that, um, you know, people could start asking themselves like without your expert guidance? Let me, let me ask you, and in, by inference, it will, the listeners can ask themselves. Sure. Okay. Do you want to find your true why? Do, what do was you, that? Do, do, do I you, want to find my true why? Yeah, true why. I mean, your true unconscious why. Yes. Okay. So what I'll do, what I want you to do is think back to a movie that you watched, or a video, or a book that you read, or a program that you were watching. And in, by watching that video mm-hmm. or that movie, you had an overwhelming response of emotion to what you're watching at a particular part or time or moment in that movie. And I'm not talking about the kind of movies that you watch that are normally featured towards being a tearjerker. No, I'm, I'm talking about the moment that you can find in your life where you've watched the movie and if you're around people, you'll want to suppress those emotions. You won't want anybody else to know that you're actually being overwhelmed emotionally. And when you find and remember and recall those movies, or, the, or it could be a piece of music, when you recall those and you're trying to find, okay, what was the moment in that movie that you got that overwhelming response? And decipher it and analyze it and even if there's more movies that you can find that had a very similar overwhelming response, now you've found your true why. And here's the thing. When you were watching the movie or reading the book or listening to that piece of music, you were not controlling those emotions. You were trying to suppress them, but your unconscious was expressing itself. It was welling up inside 
in order for you to have that overwhelming response. That's the unconscious saying to you or trying to communicate to you, that's my why, that's why I wanna do what I want it is that I wanna do. That's your true why. You'll never, ever, ever will find that if you're trying to find it out from a conscious perspective. By looking for the evidence, and what I mean by looking for the evidence is that's evidence. And every single individual can remember moments when they've been watching a movie or listening to a piece of music where they've had that over. It's literally, it's, it's how would I say, it's instantaneous. The mm. overwhelming reaction just happens. You didn't bring it on, it literally just happened. And when I work with my clients, they can actually, when I bring it down with them, they can actually pinpoint it to one particular sentence or one lyric in a song or one literally, it can be a scene in a movie that can literally only last for less than a minute. And it's that movie, it's that, it's that scene in that movie that literally they can get that overwhelming response. And every time, time they reflect back on it, they can get that overwhelming response back. Wow. That's the true why. I was, um, when you were saying that, I was thinking there's a song by India Irie and um, it says, what didn't demolish me, polish me. Like that was a, a phrase that came up. Um, yeah. yeah. And here's the thing, every single client, and this, it, it, it feeds into everything that I do anyway, but every single client that I've worked with, first of all, your purpose is unique to you, completely, totally, utterly unique to you. Every single individual has a unique purpose. And every single individual that I've worked with has a completely different why, meaning they have a different movie or a, so a lyric in a song. Like I, I've, I've, I've never heard the, the, the one that you refer to. Mm -hmm. So every single individual has a complete unique why. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah. And you know, you going through that short exercise, like I can see where myself, like I always defined my why and thought that what I was supposed to do. And I was always basing it on someone, like what someone else was doing, not necessarily yeah. tapping into myself and saying, okay, this is, this is really what I like, this is my own. Yeah. But now, I mean, now that we walk through that, I can see for myself that what I've been doing, I mean, I teach people how to build resilient businesses. And a lot of that is based on falling down and getting back up and falling down and getting back up. You know, what didn't demolish me, polish me and help me to be like who I am today. So, but that's fascinating because when you do walk through that exercise, you don't feel it here. You feel no. it here. It's in your heart. Yeah. And for, for people to really kind of understand that, um, most people can connect with. So when they talk about intuitive, most, most people don't get it. But if, if you were to reflect back over, did you ever have a moment in your life that you had that gut feeling mm -hmm. that you're about to do something, but just it didn't feel right? And the only description you can put on it is it just didn't feel right. Mm -hmm. that, and people sometimes will refer to it as being their gut feeling. That's your unconscious. So you can't control that. It's that feeling inside that wells up inside and is trying to absolutely guide you and every single individual throughout their whole life. We just don't listen to our unconscious. But when you're able to kind of 
work with it and understand it and, and know it, well, then now life becomes so much more easier. And um, when I talk to people about, you know, having an, an effortless life, that's when you're working with your unconscious. Mm. So that when, when, for people to really connect from the perspective of to know what that feeling is like, it's like having that gut feeling. It, it wells up inside. It's, it, and as you said, Teresa, it's not in your mind because that's your conscious. So it's, 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 not, it's not in your thinking process. It's, 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 it's a feeling that you get inside. And you, you can't, not that you as such can't create it, but you cannot consciously create that feeling. No, no, that's true. I mean, no matter how hard you try, it just doesn't, no. you, just, you just can't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know people that like, when I talk like, oh yeah, I feel good about this. I'm like, no, you don't. No, I do. Really. I do. I'm feeling, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> exactly. you can kind of see it, you know, you're, it reflects in your whole body. Um, yeah. So I got a question for you because you, you mentioned something and it's something that I know I've asked myself a lot is how do you tell the difference between fear? Like you're like, I've had to overcome, which I know a lot of people do, but I've had to overcome fear of rejection, like big time throughout my, my career, throughout my life, really. Um, and how do you tell, how can you tell the difference between a fear, like when, as an entrepreneur, when you're, when you're wanting to put something out there or you're wanting to, um, to do something, how can you tell the difference between that fear of rejection? And that's why you're not doing it. And you're unconscious mind that's saying that's not the right way to go that's like your intuition saying that's not the right that's not the right thing how can you tell the difference between the two the more the more how would I say um the more sensitive you become the easier it is to discern between whether this is you yourself your personality creating the fear or whether it is your unconscious actually trying to guide you so a lot of people don't actually how to say they don't um they don't make that connection as clean or they don't work on making that connection so let me explain that when i work with my clients i'm bringing them through a methodology and it's a methodology that i call the executive code ah now, <laughs> i was gonna no get one. to that <laughs> no but what i mean by that is that so to, to really kind of get an idea or a conceptual idea of the executive code think of it that you've got a pendulum so you can imagine a pendulum in, in front of you. And at the very top of the pendulum, you've got a circle. And then halfway down that pendulum, you've got another circle. And then lower at the, at the end of the pendulum, you've got um, another circle. So each of those circles represents one thing, as in each circle represents a different thing. So the top circle, think of it as being your executive center. So that's your the executive center is in your prefrontal cortex. It's, the four, it's literally it's behind your forehead. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, as you said earlier on, the vast majority of people aren't operating from the executive center part of the brain, but the executive center part of the brain, its whole purpose is to get you from A to Z as quickly as possible. It's objective, it's innovative, it's creative, it, it's, its responsibility is to plan and how it can get you literally, how it can get you from A to Z as quickly as possible using the least amount of resources. Okay, that's what its purpose is. So it has a purpose. I'm saying that in particular. The next circle is your unconscious. So that's the intuitive side of you. That's your, you know, let me put it this way. 
you the, the, the stats if you were to look it up and scientists have, have discovered this don't ask me how they measured it but they 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 calculated that the brain processes something like 50 bits of information per second oh yeah yeah the unconscious processes 11 million bits per second so like you know do we want to be operating from <laughs> our brain or do we want to be operating from the unconscious the answer is no we want to operate from the unconscious so think of the unconscious as being that intuitive side of you and then you've got the superconscious. that's the third circle Mm. So the pendulum, and the reason why I use the analogy of the pendulum is that you can refer to the pendulum or you can apply the pendulum to pretty much every single aspect of life, meaning on a macro level as well as a micro level. So on a macro level, you can look at politics, you know, one, one politician gets in and the opposite gets in the next time and so on. So there's, there's swings in that pendulum, both in, in politics, in countries, in every macro concept that operates on, on, on the earth. On a micro level, and you can also take it again from, you know, from nature in terms of the different seasons, the different times, night and day, and so on. So that, that pendulum represents the opposites and the swing in between the two opposites. But also on a micro level, it's, it actually applies for every single thing within ourselves. So when fear comes up, that fear is feedback for ourselves that we're attached to something. Meaning once we're attached, that pendulum is no longer in equilibrium it's now swung to either side. And that's what the fear is trying to tell us to. Now, when you're in equilibrium, you're not attached. That's equilibrium. That's your pendulum being straight. And if you can imagine, and the reason why I'm asking you to, to visualize the pendulum, now you've got a direct connection and an objective connection and a love connection between your executive center, your unconscious and the superconscious. So most people are out of equilibrium. So therefore, for them to interpret and to understand the difference between is this fear from, let's just call it personality, as in the, the person themselves, or is it coming from the unconscious? A lot of people don't actually work, A, from they, they don't work from the executive center, but secondly, they don't do anything in order to improve that connection with their unconscious and ultimately then with the superconscious. And different things, even from the perspective of, you know, most people may have heard about meditation and they've heard about all the benefits of meditation, but they don't do meditation. <laughs> so <laughs> I, pretty much nearly, I, I can't say for certain, but I'm gonna say 99% of my clients do meditation. Wow. And that's partly because I'm, I'm bringing them through it and. and asking them to do meditation all i can do is i can encourage my clients i don't i don't force them to do anything it's, it's their free will at the end of the day but meditation is one of the things that they end up eventually doing and they once they do it and get the experiences from it and that connection with the unconscious um they will never give it up never wow so when i talk about okay so how can you make that differentiator between what's fear from you or what's fear from an unconscious, from a guidance perspective. Meditation is one of those practices. It's, it's like practicing a muscle. Mm. So do your clients, cause I meditate every day. Um, do your clients, the ones that never meditated and when they start meditating, do they see um, changes in their life and the results that they're getting in their business? Yeah, yeah. It's not instant because they it, it takes a while for them to, um, how to say, to practice the meditation in order to actually get to true meditation. So for, you know, for, when I talk to, to my clients and tell them for, for the first, 
literally it could be the, for, for the first few months, they're not really going to get a huge amount out of meditation from an unconscious perspective. They'll get it from relieving stress and a lot of the anxieties will, will are being afforded a time to bubble up to the surface. Yeah. So they'll get benefits from that perspective. But to really get guidance from your unconscious, that, can, that, that will take a few months because we've got to remove a whole load of other stuff in relation to you know, their ego, what they're attached to. There's a whole load of different stuff, which is where I bring clients through on the executive code in order to maintain them and being in, the, in equilibrium. They got to let go of a lot of bowling balls. That's how I always looked at it. I love that phrase. I love that phrase. Everybody's yeah. carrying around a backpack full of bowling balls. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So I'm going to, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. This is, I mean, this conversation is like fascinating. Um, and it really, like, as you're talking, you can see like the people who are truly successful and truly happy, you can see how potentially like they're tapping into this unconscious part of their brain. So, yes. yeah. Wow. This is fascinating. This is like, I love this stuff. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to switch gears a little. You have a huge, um, from, from what I've read and from, from what I've learned about you, you believe a lot in giving back and you've done some work, um, over in Cambodia and Kenya. So let's talk about that for a little bit. Um, okay. <laughs> hey, I wasn't expecting to go there. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, it, it just it emphasizes that we don't, we don't, we don't pre-discuss these conversations. So the, the, for, for your podcast listeners um which I, is, the, is the flow i love to go so because it's whatever comes up and um, i for, for quite a number of years um so let me put it this way going back to 2011 was a big moment in my life because it was when my first brother passed away and it was, it was a very big shock i was there when he passed away he came out of surgery and okay. um, I was there in the moment when, when the, the, the surgeon spoke to me and literally he only had a few hours to go um, from, from the moment that I was told. And up until that point, um, I led my whole life from the perspective of not wanting to be here. I just wanted out. Wow. So I had planned, I attempted, I contemplated so many times on just checking out but nobody ever knew and here was my first brother Eugene and in that moment and the realization in in the days that followed was here was my brother trying desperately to hang on to life but here was me trying to check out so up until that point, it was me trying to find, it was one aspect to me wanting not to be here, which was trying to find purpose. And hence the reason why I had read all the books, I'd done all the courses, <laughs> gone to so many different gurus all around the world and all the kinds of things, and I still couldn't find my purpose for me. And so that's when I started to go inwardly and fret, and, and it was from that then I had the epiphany moment. But in those following years, I, I, I ran a charity organization. I was involved in over 100 different charities. I was raising money for them and all that kind of thing. So I, I got involved in a lot of worthy causes and charity projects. And it was part of that process in the Sanders, trying to come to terms or understand life in, 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 in the bigger perspective. 
Um, hence the reason why, yeah, I, I got involved in, in uh, funding projects in Cambodia, in, in Kenya. The, the times that I spent in Cambodia and Kenya were absolutely phenomenal because it's, and I, I would say this to anybody that goes to visit these projects, um, never, ever, ever go with the mindset that you can teach them. They have so much to teach us. So I went with an open mindset from the perspective of what could I learn from anybody that I met in these, because you're talking about really, really tough circumstances for, for people that, you know, literally don't have fresh running water. Um, if they have food, they're lucky to have food. Um, you know, for, for, for some of the girls, we went to one place in, in Cambodia where um, it, it's an organization called Free to Shine. And the the girls are trying to be protected by the organization free to shine from being trafficked um into the sex trafficking industry and these are young young little girls and literally been taken away from their families for the whole purpose of to put them into into, into trafficking um and there's so, uh, one phenomenal thing sorry two probably things that i got from from literally everybody that I came across in both cambodia and kenya was they have an absolute zest for life and literally they've nothing nothing in comparison to what most people would have in the western world if that makes sense and they're so happy i mean like they are no, no matter what their circumstances they are so phenomenally happy but not only that i remember speaking with um one guy in in, in um sote was was his name in in cambodia and he worked in a fair circus. And so, you know, these would go all around and they would put on shows, circus shows and so on. Yeah. And I had a conversation with him and I got to know a little bit about him, what he was doing. And his brother was in, um, what's the circus in Vegas? Oh, Cirque du Soleil. Cirque du Soleil, yeah. So his brother was managed to, 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 to get into Cirque du Soleil. So that, that's wow. how special these, these guys were. And, um, so he's bringing me through his, his train routine and this, that, and the other, and so on. Young guy. Um, and I said, so like, what, what do you do in the evening time? Or what do you do for kind of relaxing? Because you seem to kind of have your full day just, just on training <laughs> and so on. And he said, yeah, in the evening time, I have a school. And I said, what do you mean you have a school? And he said, I bring little kids around that are in my village. And I teach them how to do the different circus acts. And I teach them English. And I teach them a whole lot of different things because if I teach them, well, then they have a step up compared to when I started off. So he was giving up every single evening time in order to help the kids in his local community. So I, I, I saw this time and time and time again in the sense of, so what I'm saying, like they're so happy and yet they've nothing in the world in, in comparable terms to, to, to the Western world, and they still want to give. Mm. And it's just phenomenal to witness. So they're, they're the most precious times that I have in, in, in my whole life is, is connecting with, with those individuals. It was absolutely so much that I learned from, from, from each one of them. Um, yeah. And then unfortunately, because you know in, in recent years with COVID and so on, um, we haven't been able to travel. So I haven't managed to to get back to, to, to different projects and so on. Yeah. yeah. Well, once we get through this whole thing with 
with COVID, I know we were talking about like, you know, the, the cases over in Ireland and the cases here yeah. and stuff, but I want to just also say, you know, thank you so much for, um, for the courage and the, and being vulnerable and, you know, telling your story, um, you know, as, as a, with, with your brother, and I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, and then, no, you. you know, your story and how you, you know, ended up doing this charitable work. Um, I mean, I'm big on giving back and, you know, and, and helping others and, you know, doing, I mean, I'm, I'm big with the rescue organizations for pets and um, for dogs and cats and, you know, but I read that part of your story, not knowing the other part of it, but, um, but the one thing I will say is um, everything, and I know you know this, but everything that we, that we go through leads is leading us to like where we like that, that true, our truest self, I guess you could say the good, the bad, and the really ugly, you know, yeah. and I've, I've been through that myself. Um, my best friend and my business partner actually passed away in February. And yeah. um, that was probably like the hardest besides my grandparents passing away. That was one that this, it's been the hardest thing for me to get through. Um, she passed away from pancreatic cancer. And in 2018, I remember going through kind of a dip myself and here she is fighting for her, for her life. And, you know, um, and I remember having a conversation with her and she said, she said to me, she said, Teresa, she said, your purpose is to be you. She said, your purpose is to be exactly who you are. It's not about what you do. She's like, you need to be you. And I remember, you know, and like I said, she passed and it kind of happened, you know, very suddenly, but when she died, I felt like a part of me died. Yeah. And, but I also felt like a part of me broke open and it was that part of me that's actually her. So she was uh, super like, and she was super very much into, which is why I wanted to ask you about it. Um, very into like, she wanted to save the world and she yeah. was very big on helping kids, helping kids like underprivileged kids who don't have access to education or technology, like helping them to have access to it in this country or, you know, outside of this country. So, but thank you. I just wanted to just say, oh, sending you so much love and light, like for sharing your story. Um, I mean, that's like, I mean, there's so many people, so many people out there that go through things like that and do it in silence, you know? Yeah. 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 And, and that, that isolation or, or that feeling of loneliness is, is huge. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's not easy for anybody having to go through that. But the fact that you did and kind of going through all of this allows you to be like an even better and even better like coach and help all these people. So absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I uh I always ask people, I mean this, like I said, this conversation, I am so glad that I met you. Um <laughs> you are an amazing, amazing person. I mean this has just been I have so many notes that I took. Um but I mean this has just been an amazing conversation. And um I mean you are fascinating. So, I mean, the executive code like that, I wrote notes down and everything, and I'm like evaluating it in my own head, you know, 
just so many and, and genius you and the questions to ask that you need to ask yourself. I mean, this has just been a phenomenal conversation. And I know that this is going to be able to help a lot of listeners, a lot of my listeners out there, and even people that you work with, you know? Um, so thank you so very much. Um, so I have three questions that I like to ask people at the end of the podcast interview. So the first one is, um, what has been your biggest lesson that you've learned as a business owner, as an entrepreneur? Oh, the biggest lesson. Um, I'm going to answer this in, in, in kind of the same, same answer. We'll, we'll, we'll cover both aspects, mm-hmm. which is um, find out what they want and just give them what they want as in your customers. Yeah. Nice. It, it, it's funny. I was asked to write, uh, I co-authored a book with 61 other um, entrepreneurs around the world. And the question we were asked was, what's the advice we would give our grandchildren to build a better business, a better life and a better world? And my answer to it was to make a difference. Mm. If you look at your business, what's the difference you're making? And trying to say that is, don't look at it from your perspective. Um, And the more I think about it, in answer to your question, the most important thing when it comes to any individual, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna speak from a soul level perspective, the most important thing from a soul level perspective is your intention. Mm. So if you go into business with the intention of what's the difference that you can make for your customers, you've got to see it from your customer's perspective, first of all, mm. and then start there, and then your, your, your business will grow exponentially. Wow. Okay, so you answered my second question, which is we're connected. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Question number three. Okay. What are you most grateful for? Oh my God, everything. 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 I love that. <laughs> I I to, to get to do what I do every day is just phenomenal. To to see the difference in, in clients, to see see their potential see the see the images and the knowings that I get from them it's it's just phenomenal to see the the impact on what they're doing for for their people and so on as in the the, the clients and the customers that they're to serve um just everything in my life absolutely everything in life yeah yeah mm. without a shadow of doubt I love that love that um one more quick question tell me about your rescue dog <laughs> Mocha is her name She's now probably just coming up to three years old. Mm. She was 18 months when we got her. So we got her, got her through, during the pandemic as well. Um, and how we got her was that so my sister-in-law um, is a dog trainer and she's also attached to um, the, the rescue center for dogs. Mm-hmm. So she said, look at this big dog that's after coming into our, um, into our, our, our um, charity or or the the center and she's a huge dog and she's going to be really really difficult to rehome because she's a cross between a collie and a german shepherd and she's quite um wild or hyper if you want to call it that way and she's been with a family of young kids um in a small house and being a german shepherd she needs a lot of exercise and she needs a lot of space and the, the family, she, she's grown too big now to, to look after. And when we got her, she wouldn't let us pet her. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. 
Oh wow! So even so, she she's so she lives in the house with us, and so when she came into the house, she'd circle going around the kitchen, <laughs> the living area, literally constantly, and that was a sign that she was distressed. And um, but over time, slowly and slowly and slowly, we just um, dealt with her gently, just made sure that she you know let her know that she was okay and so on. She is the most loving dog I have ever ever come across, and. Um, I didn't necessarily want another dog in the house, but um, honestly, she seemed, I, I have two adult boys, um, seeing the love that they have for, for Mocha, which is her name, and the love that Mocha gives back. Every time you walk into the room, she grabs her toy, she, wants, she comes over the toy, she wants you to play with her and the toy, and um, she is just a fanatic. So during COVID, she saved us, albeit that we saved her she's just mm-hmm. a absolutely phenomenal dog she's lovely yeah. that's how my husband and I feel we rescued sister puppies um because we saw we saw the one and then they're like oh she has a sister and my husband was like there's no way we can just rescue one and not the other so we have two but it was I mean they as much as we rescued them they rescued us you know yeah. they taught us how to slow down and yeah. really like as my husband said they like to smell the flowers we need to smell the flowers more <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh we, we, we can learn so much from them i have to say oh absolutely absolutely well thank you so much for um for joining me and for this conversation i mean oh my word we've had there's been so many insights here and um again thank you so much for sharing your story because you sharing your story as i said is going to help so many people because there's people out there that can totally you know, relate to that. Um, I mean, everything. Plus, you're also like you taught us so much today. So, um, and it's and what you what you the insights that you gave today. I think now more than ever because of the pandemic, people yeah. need to hear this because so many people, business owners and stuff, are struggling with, you know, being on the brink of closing and you know, how do I get through this? So I just want to say thank you, you know, so very much for sharing all of your insights. So thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share, honestly, because it's, it's for me, it's about, I'm on a mission. I am absolutely on a mission. Um, so it, it gives me the opportunity to, to, to share a message that hopefully will help people. Awesome. Awesome. So tell my listeners where they can find you. The easiest is they can go to my website, mm-hmm. which is paulwilliamdavis.com. Okay. And all the links are on my website. So there's free downloads. They've, I have a community that's not on social media. People love the fact that it's not on social media. <laughs> uh, it's it's, it's um, called the Executive Code community as well. The link is with, within the website. Okay. And I have a podcast called the Executive Code as well. Okay. Um, so if people want to find out more information or understand or insights of, of how I share and so on, um, it's... it's um, people love the podcast so if they want to listen to that as well yeah absolutely wonderful the executive code right that's it awesome awesome and we will put these links in the show notes so people can get access to them so if you didn't write that down while you're listening go to the show notes because you'll be able to um click on it and go right to his website and check it out and to your um to your podcast so obviously you're on itunes and everywhere there's podcasts right okay awesome awesome all right well thank you so much um And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening, and I will see you next week. Thanks so much, Tree.